you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On today's episode, we enter the Hades Proving Lab, find a backup of Gaia, and encounter a new, highly advanced group of humans. Welcome to episode 42 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. My name is Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game, so please join us on Discord at mash.gg slash discord. So a quick recap, what did we talk about last time? Well, we finally made it over to well, where Silence wanted us to go. We followed the beacon, which led us to a Horus, which we found out that's where he put Hades uh, while he was torturing him to get information. That's essentially what he did. And then he left us a trail of breadcrumbs that led us, you know, right to Hades. So we actually had a face to face with Hades. It's the greatest conversation you'll ever have with a computer. <laughs> Loved it every second of it. But Hades wasn't doing too well, obviously, because Silence torture actually degraded his memory structure. So there's a lot of stuff he just can't remember. Either way, um, he gave you the finger as you deleted him. That's essentially what he did with words. <laughs> um, and we did officially purge Hades. So we did get something done finally in the game. Uh, however, the reason why silence brought us there is because that facility is the Hades. It, it was the facility where Hades is actually created and it has a gene lock door. So of course he can't get in, but you know who can, who has two thumbs and can get in a boy. That's who can get into that door. I was, I was so. expecting you to be like this guy. I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> not, it's not wrong, but it's not correct. I almost did that. And I thought the same thing. He did. I was like, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna switch it up. <laughs> Not a scripted show, folks. No. Not a scripted show. We, we switch things on the fly here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's why I switched it. But uh, yeah, that's where we are uh, right now, outside the door of the Hades Proving Lab. And uh, we are going to go into it. But before we open that door, let's just uh, hear a quick overview of what happened. After purging Hades and speaking with Silence, Aloy attempts to open the door to the Hades Lab. That doesn't go as planned, as the door is stuck. Thankfully, there is fire gleam on the door, and after building an igniter with the help of Silence, Aloy is able to get through the door. After getting inside, Aloy quickly discovers that the lab is flooded, and she needs to find a way to get to the other side of a massive room in order to enter another gene-locked door. While traversing the lab, Aloy comes across a recording of Elizabeth Sobeck and Travis Tate, preparing to send the logic bomb disguised as Gaia. Travis wants to celebrate them discovering the mole and firing back at Farzina, but Elizabeth wants to get back to work. Travis wonders how someone who loves the world so much doesn't have anyone they love in it. 
Further in the lab, Aloy comes across a recording of Elizabeth talking with someone named Tilda, who clearly works for Farzina. Elizabeth is upset and wants to call off the deal they had to send Apollo to Farzina. Tilda is able to convince Elizabeth to keep the deal, but Elizabeth doesn't want anything to do with Tilda any further. Aloy notes the recording sounded personal. After reaching the other genelock door, Aloy enters the testing ground for Hades. Aloy quickly finds two Gaia backups, but the backups only contain Gaia and not her subordinate functions. Without the subordinate functions, Gaia is useless, and Aloy thinks she's hit another dead end. Aloy then searches to see if she can find the functions that currently exist in the world. At first there is no response, but soon there is a response from Minerva. Minerva is currently located in the mountains west of Plainsong, which isn't far from Aloy's current location. The new plan is to obtain Minerva, reboot Gaia, and have Gaia assist in finding the remaining functions. Aloy is pleased with her new plan, but that joy is short-lived. An alarm sounds as intruders have entered the Hades lab. Yes, they're back. I forgot to put it in the last episode. I am I am sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're going to get two this time, so you're welcome. But there's a lot of stuff that happens here. I mean, it's actually a pretty short period of time, too. Like, when I was looking at my video, I was seeing, I was like, oh, it's it's only about an hour of time from where we want to start to where we want to go. And I didn't even make it all the way to the end of the video when I was reviewing it, right? So we're only, all everything that we're getting ready to talk about happens in about a half hour time. And they could be less because I spent a lot of time in the water. <laughs> that I shouldn't have had spent in the water. So. I didn't spend too much time in the water, but there was some accidental water times. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it uh, could be faster, but there's a lot of stuff that happens here. But this is still the main quest, Death's Door. Uh, Aloy does the identity scan to open the door, but the door is stuck. There's some type of like crystal growth on it, which is actually called Fire Gleam. And it blows up when it's ignited. And we've actually, we've seen this all over the place already. We just didn't know what it is. But you see it, Aloy's like, oh, I guess I'll have to find some type of tool to do something with whatever this is, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's marked on the map, so of course you know you're going to deal with it at some point. But now we know what it's called. It blows up when, it, when it's ignited. And uh, yeah, silence is going to help us kind of sort of build an igniter for it. Um, actually silence admits, not admits, but he kind of lets us know that this is what he used to remove the processing orb from the Titan. He actually, I guess, stuffed some fire gleam in there and then ignited it. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I'm actually, I am surprised by the range of the explosions sometime. See, I've actually, I've gotten knocked off of platforms because I thought I was far enough and then it turns out I was not far enough. Yeah, sometimes so, I feel like I'm like right yeah. next to it and I don't get hit, and then I'm like ten feet away and I just get blown up. Right, yeah, that's it's a little inconsistent, but oh uh, yeah, because silence he sends Aloy a schematic to build an igniter. If she has to get the parts, she needs like oil from Kindle Weed Plant, which I already had that. Uh, it grows underwater, so if you were exploring at all, you probably grab some along the way, especially since you had to swim over to this area. And then you also need a spark coil from a leap slasher power cell, which is something you might have been able to get already. Uh, there are some leap slashers. Actually, there's some leap slashers in the Daunt. So, 
Really? I think there's some leap slashes in the dawn. Maybe there's some. There's definitely leap slashes before you get to this area. Okay, so they're I like they're right outside of the door. So I killed them as going going to the door. I was like, oh, this is a new machine. Let me kill these guys. And I killed them. And then I go inside and it's like, you need two things. And I'm like, ah, time to yeah, do it again. I, I avoided them. I'm still playing on the harder difficulty at this point. I was like, if I don't got to fight you, I ain't fighting you right now. Yeah. So I let them, I let them go. But, you know, you need, you need the spark coil from the leaf slash of power cell. And this item has to be removed be, before destroying the machine. It's one of those. Uh, so the game is still slightly in tutorial mode because silence makes sure to tell you that it has to come off when the machine is dead. And then when you go outside, it was like, let me use my focus. Okay, can I target the cell? Okay, all right, the cell's off. Like, you know, it's very vocal time in the game. <laughs> so, but uh, once you have the parts, silence says, oh, there's a workbench nearby, so you can use that. It's at the front of the door. And, uh, well, not even front of the door, but opening to the cave. That leads to the facility. And then, you know, once you have the igniter, you can use it to, you know, you can use it on that door and it blows the door open. Kind of. At least it, it loosens it up. It loosens it up so that you can you can get into it. So. And uh, then we get some Horizon Zero Dawn silence because she opens the door. And she's like, oh, I can probably use this igniter in other places and sounds like focus on the task at hand. So like, we're, this is kind of the way this 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 relationship usually goes. Like Aloy starts talking or going off here, going off there. And silence is like, why can't you focus? You see, this is why you don't get anything done, which is usually <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of, I guess. I don't know. She has a hand, a hand, a point like. She's just making a statement. What if there's more inside? Like, it's a cool tool. Well, she wasn't talking about stuff inside. She was talking about other places in the world. Like, how useful the tool's going to be in her other journeys. You know. Okay, whatever. She was just making a statement. Just let her be. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so once Aloy makes it to the main chamber, she sees it's completely flooded. And she also notices another gene lock door on the far end of this facility. So obviously that's where we need to go. The area is huge. I mean, while it's in production, it looks like it was like one big bridge that led to the entrance of the other gene lock door. And then it had some bridges going off to the side. I mean, out of all the facilities we've seen, this is like the least efficient use of space. <laughs> I would say because it's like you have this, this massive area in the middle with one bridge. And like I said, a few bridges going to the side and then all of the offices and labs are on the side of the facility. So, yeah, every other Zero Dawn facility has been pretty tight, like, in terms of space. Except, like, if there was, a, like, a really big open area, like, at the the Grave Horde. At the end of the Grave Horde, there's an open area. But I'm pretty sure they were building, like, machines there. Or, like, you know, they're building, like, you know, deploying out of there and stuff like that. Well, what if there was, like, concession stands? out there you know like there could be like popcorn or the lunch area or why are you yeah, not I, look I don't, I don't i don't think they would have had time for concessions I'm just, I'm just it, it's not an arena <laughs> <laughs> uh, man you, you, you're just really batting for him today i am i am yeah really batting for him today <laughs> but uh so uh you can go right, but there's nothing there at first. Well, no, I shouldn't say there at first. There's just nothing for you. I think it's like a little box. And it's not even really worth it because 
This is one of the areas where I really kind of started to feel like maybe the lack of QA a bit. Because like sometimes if you didn't jump just right, or if you weren't looking at the exact right position, like you'd fall. Like you'd mm-hmm. jump and fall into the water. And that was frustrating to to at some points. Like, you know, because Horizons are dong, like you could just press in some of these places, you could just press forward and she'd hop, 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 you know. That's, and that was it. That's the issue I was having in certain jump puzzles where I'm like, oh, you're telling me I actually have to jump here? Like she's not just gonna automatically do it. Cause she goes back and forth to automatically hopping on something and then you having to push the button right so i never know and sometimes you have to push circle to jump behind you and i'll do that and she just falls i'm like can, can you grab that thing back there <laughs> yeah <Please. laughs> do me a favor yeah save, save a life your life actually. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so uh but if you if you go left um you'll find your way to a door uh well actually it's not even just a door it's like a, a kind of like a lab area right and you'll need to maneuver a single power cell around to power up the lab but you know and also to power up the doors so uh it's a little like you know maneuver puzzle where you put the, the battery in it opens one door you find your way around another area there's some fire gleam blow up a wall and bam you can get the battery that you had before um so there i think there's like three places to put the battery there's the the place that's going to lead you, you know, it's going to continue, like, the story to a degree. There's another place that will open up a chest for you. But the first place you can actually take the battery after, you know, besides actually putting in that door, right, is after you go through that first door, there's, like, a uh, a terminal there that requires a battery. And if you put the battery in there... It just, I guess it powers up an audio log. Like I was, like I saw the message pop up that there's an audio log and I was looking on the ground like, did I walk over it or like, did I scan something? But no, you just put the, you put the battery in and it gives you like an audio log of Ted Farrell talking to Travis T. I missed that. You missed that? I didn't even see that at all. I only, I got the chest and then the storyline part. I didn't get that at all. Oh yeah. So once you blow up the fire gleam and it allows you to get that first battery. If you take the battery out of the door, the door doesn't close. It stays open. And then you walk through that first door you went through and there's a, a terminal right there that you can put a battery into. Oh yeah. No, see, I grabbed that power cell and just turned right back around. I did not even go. Oh no. So you missed, you missed Travis Tate calling Ted Farrow teddy bear. Oh, I'm so mad. I love <laughs> Travis so much. This I loved him in the last game. This game just solidified it even more for me. Yeah, so this conversation. So first of all, Travis starts the conversation by greeting Ted as the harbinger of the end times. I, that's what he calls him, the harbinger of the end times. And basically what, what this message, message about the conversation about is Ted wants to move Hades development to the Zero Dawn facility because he says the cost for Recluse Spider which is where they keep the samples of Gaia and Hades for, Hades for testing. He's saying that the, the costs are off the chart. So Travis is like, well, that's a bad idea because if Hades manages to get a connection to the outside, it'll spread and try to destroy everything. And you find out that that facility was a site where Pharaoh tested their cyber warfare software. So it's designed so that no signals get in and no signals get out. And that's why Travis Tate wanted to use that site for Hades development because it's extremely important that Hades does not get out. And um, 
Travis, he puts Ted on the ropes by bringing up some of the projects that he's not even supposed to know about. Like one specifically called uh, Drax.net-4, which is also called the Moldova Brain Hack. But there's no information on what that actually is. So I even looked. I looked at the Wikipedia. There's something in the Moldova Brain Hack. But uh, it was clearly a top secret project, and Ted does not want that information to get out. Uh, and there's no confirmation that Ted backed off, but as we can assume he did because he didn't say anything else in the recording. Like after that, after um, uh, Travis brings it up, and that's when he's like, "See you later, Teddy Bear." Yeah. <laughs> so, but the the one thing about that conversation that did not make sense to me is why does Pharaoh care about the cost at all? Money doesn't mean anything anymore. Like it's not like he's somebody who thought Zero Dawn was going to save humanity, like save the current version of humanity. He knew from the start that Zero Dawn, everybody's going to die. He knew that everybody alive right now is going to die, and that right. Project Zero Dawn is made to reestablish life after everybody dies. So why does he care about the cost at all? I'm wondering if. He's just saying cost to cover up for something else. If they even thought that far into it, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, oh, it's cost, but like, not really. I want it in this facility because of X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to say that. Right. Maybe. I mean, he could have like ulterior motive for wanting to keep cost down. But like, why does the cost of anything matter? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, he's Ted Farrell. He, he, on top of the ridiculous amount of money that he has, he also has a ridiculous amount of credit, right? So, even if he tells somebody, like, you know, I'll pay for this on my credit card, a, a card he knows he'll never have to <laughs> actually pay <laughs> off, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. technically speaking, Ted Farrell, Ted Farrell might as well have unlimited money right now. Yeah. It does make a difference. No, I like know. like I said, the only thing that would make sense is if it wasn't for cost reasons, but he was just saying that as a not a scapegoat. Yeah, like maybe he didn't want them to know the real reason also, that he would have wanted him to be transferred. Right. That, that's true. I mean, I don't think it's because of what they did in the facility before, because Travis, not Travis, but Ted didn't even consider that Travis may have known about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they uh, were they they scrubbed everything from that facility. So as far as Trav, uh, Ted was concerned, nobody would know about anything, but Travis was able to find some stuff. Right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he did, but there's nothing that really establishes that later. So, I guess. But, um, you know, after taking the power cell... And Christina did this right away, obviously. <laughs> you take it back to the other area, and if you pop it into one of the uh, you know, battery, one, like one of the uh, terminals, it activates a hollow recording of Elizabeth and Travis. Oh, boy! I tell you, Liz, what I just done gonna make you love me. I just imagine them far zenith rapscallions opening this fake guy we made for him. And I thought, what this really needs is a signature. This isn't a prank, Travis. I know, I know. All I did was just script a couple of avatars. A little you, a little me. To deliver our message of doom. Real personal-like. Would you just send it? As soon as it's done compiling, then you and me should celebrate. I brought party fixings, pizza rolls, absinthe, a couple of hacky sacks. I'm heading back to Bryce as soon as this is done. Color me confounded, Liz. 
How is it that someone like you, Paragon, damn near saint, love this world so damn much, but no one in it? I mean, have you ever even had a friend? Compile complete. Data file, Baron Promise, ready for transmission. If you would, please. Logic bombs off. Here it comes, far as Z-nuts. Just keeping the best of what you do, Travis. So, like, we already saw the result of this interaction, right? Like, we saw the resulting hologram in the far Zenith facility. Uh, and I feel like the main point of this hologram, I don't think, is to be, like, behind the scenes of the logic bomb, but more so to display Elizabeth kind of being, like, cold and standoffish to a degree, even though I feel Travis isn't the best person to do that with because nobody really likes Travis. Right. I mean, I like Travis. But. Yeah, like players like Travis, but like the people there probably didn't really like Travis. You know, maybe Margot Shin the most, maybe. <laughs> but like, you know. I I guess, but like it, Travis really liked Elizabeth and they they work together a lot. I mean, he's making Hades, like she is there often. So you would think that there would be some kind of connection, like they're in this together saving humanity in some kind of sense, you know. So Right. Also, I don't think they, well, they really show a lot of him, too. So, like, they, they want to be like, he is around and he's doing all this stuff. So, like, they have to have a relationship, but, like, not really. Right. Yeah. Like, in, like yeah, it would just like, even just like a friendly relationship or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. 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 And she's all so. business, like, just just get it done. I don't I don't need the, you know, extra. Just, you know. Right. Yeah. So, because Travis, he wants to celebrate their accomplishment with pizza rolls, absinthe, and hacky sack. Sounds so like a great no surprise. time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, you know, it's no surprise that Travis Tate knows how to party. But, like, Elizabeth wants to go immediately back to the Zero Dawn facility. Uh, she, I think she calls it Bryce in the, in the actual recording, but that's the yeah. Zero Dawn, Dawn Bra- facility. Bryce, Utah. She yeah. says Bryce. Yeah, that's the location. Yeah. So, um... You know, Travis, he wants to know how someone who loves the world so much doesn't love anyone in it. And he asks if she had a friend. The answer to that is actually yes. And we're going to get to that shortly. Um, But, you know, for Elizabeth in the current situation, I think it makes sense that she's all business because the Zero Dawn Project is like a massive task and has a very tight deadline. And we know that they needed that they only finished with like a day or so to spare. It was like mm-hmm. a really tight, you know, and even with all everything they finished, they still had to stay at the uh, Gaia facility to finish it up. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, you know, I think actually the, the purpose of this is more about Aloy and her attitude toward like her would be allies, right? Like it's trying to show the similarities between her and Elizabeth and that they're both loners. But for me, like the difference is that Elizabeth recruited people that would help with the goal. You know, she may not have been close with those people, but she at least let people help. Right. Aloy's not you know, like that. No, so far she has left all of her allies without notice. She left Varl behind twice and she alienated Aaron. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like she's not, it's, it's going even a bit further because throughout this whole, I mean... At this point, we're probably 10, somewhere between 10 and 12 hours into the game. And how many times have we heard, it's up to me, I'm the only person who can do this, blah, 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 you know. 
how many times she put her hands on her hips when she's talking to people, you know? So. <laughs> and not just hands on the hips, like, what you talking about? Like, she's got her fists on her hip, like right. Superman or Supergirl, right. <laughs> you know? The, the, so, what is that uh, called? The p- power pose or something? What is it? The power pose, yeah. yeah. Like, something like that, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not really the same, but I think they're kind of trying to draw a line here because it is something that does come up on a, like, on a more regular basis, so. Um, with this game in particular, which is, it's like a departure from the previous game because in the previous game, it's expected that she's a loner because she was an outcast, right? Right. But, you know, she gained a lot of allies in the last game and now she is kind of just completely discarding them, you know, so. Or treating them like a burden, (laughs) so. But uh, yeah, after the recording, Aloy says that Travis is wrong and that Elizabeth cared about everyone. When Simon's disagreed, he says the exceptional walk a path of solitude. And then he adds, as you and I are well aware. I mean, this reminds me of just the, was the, Zero, the Gaia, Gaia Prime, where he tells Aloy, like, you think she's better than them. And she's like, that's not what I said. Like, this is. Kind of, to me, kind of like a nod to that conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I just chuckled because the way Silence has presented himself in this game so far, of course, he'd like, oh, like he'd include himself in the exceptional. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, category. Like, it's just, if, if, he, if he said this in this last game, I don't think it would have had the same impact about him, at least. But yeah, he can't stop stroking himself. You know, no. with this in this game. So, uh, but that power cell also opened the door upstairs. Um, so they really wanted you to hear that, you know, that interaction. Like they didn't want you to skip it because you need that power cell. Like, and the thing that, that kind of frustrated me is that I actually didn't get the chest until after I listened to this. So I took the cell out, put it in the other one, went upstairs, doors closed. I'm like, crap. So I had to take the <laughs> cell out, go put it back in the other one. And it's just a little annoying. Well, so especially because I was like, you know, you have to use your pull caster to move that box around or just move the box around. And I I don't know why I was so lazy. I, I refused to move the box any closer after I stopped moving it. So like I missed the jump like once and then I was like, ugh. And then I just I did I should have pushed the box closer. And uh luckily I, I hit the jump the second time. So I've done that so many times. There were puzzles that I've done where there are people like People watching the stream were like, uh, there's supposed to be two boxes there. And I was like, oops, I did it with one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that so much. Yeah. So uh, from upstairs, you can platform your way to the middle of the main room, which also gives you access to the north side of the facility. And once you make it to the next, like the north side of the facility, like when we open the door, there's another audio log from Travis Tate there just kind of waiting for you. And he's speaking to Hank Shaw who we know is the mole for Far Zenith because his name was all over several documents. And, uh, yeah, he's supposed to help them, you know, in case you forgot, he's supposed to help them steal Gaia in exchange for a seat in the Odyssey. He was never going to get that seat because they were going to plug him as soon as he get, got finished up. So, uh, But they're somewhere very loud. They're inside of a noise dampening field, but outside the field it's 150 decibels. And I'm not sure if you know how loud 150 decibels is. Uh, but this podcast plays at negative 16. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, so, just to let you know, it averages out around negative 16. Uh, so, 
it's really loud. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, Travis confronts Hank about his dealing with Farzina. And Hank's like, oh, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, he told him what, you know, Farzina said I was going to get a, a, a seat on the Odyssey. I was going to try to get you a seat, too, because apparently they go way back. And as he's talking, before he gets a chance to finish, uh, Travis takes down the dampening field. And but he has his own personal field, so he's unaffected. But Hank is feeling the full 150 decibels. So it sounds like he's either like choking or intense pain or both. You know, I don't know what being exposed to 150 decibels will do to you, but I throw my headphones off when something too loud comes on by accident. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't want to so, look it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's yeah, he's sitting there and Travis, he gets him to transmit the code for Far Zenith because apparently he has subtitles that the, the, the guy can see the subtitles like when he's talking, when he's translating. Um, and so the, he tells the guy to type in the uh, the transmit codes for Far Zenith, which is, you know, that's how they were able to send the logic bomb, apparently. And so once he gets the code, he turns it off and he tells the security team to come and scrape him up. So um, I wonder if Elizabeth knew about that. She probably didn't care. <laughs> I She probably didn't know. I think she was in and out so much that. Well, there was a there was a log, too, in the beginning of the facility that shows like the check in and check out. Um, and I think she might have checked out. She might have left before Hank even showed up. Really? Because, I mean, she had to come back, though, because they sent the logic. She was there when they sent the logic bomb. Oh, true. Well, it says data corrupted. I mean, maybe it was just that day. And then she came oh, back. Oh, okay. All happened at the same time. So, uh, yeah, now we know what happened to Hank. Uh, kind of, like. He's deaf now, I'm sure. <laughs> so, and whatever else happens to you being exposed to sounds that loud. And uh, that wraps up the, the that storyline of the logic bomb. <laughs> but uh, there is a door. Actually, almost. There's, there's actually one more uh, uh, audio log that comes from that. But uh, there is a door that requires a code. I don't think we talked about these doors before. Because there's one back in the daunt in that ruin where you had to find a code yeah. and put the code in. I don't like these doors. I don't like these because well, it's easy enough to find the numbers usually. Mm -hmm. And you can think what you want about me, but the fact that they make you remember the number bothers me because in other games, when you find out codes, many times they'll just input the code. Like, your character knows the code, so the code will be this and waiting for you. Like they did that in Cyberpunk, and I think Cyberpunk got that right. It's like, yeah, it's like I, you give me this text code, like you know, I don't want to. <laughs> I had to write you know. them down, and there is one where it gives you like the first half in one text and the second half oh, in the other, yeah. and then I got them backwards, and I'm like, why is this oh, like annoying? It wasn't just backwards; yeah. it was like backwards, but also backwards at the same time. So I'm just like, right, ugh. Yeah, that, that is annoying. Like, this one was, like, the numbers from his favorite malware, because obviously he's been sniffing through uh, what's what was happening at that facility before. And uh, his favorite malware was Sovereign 7482. So uh, the code was 7482. And, yeah, I actually had to go back and look at it, because I think I, I thought it was 7489 or something like that. And I'm like, dude, like, I wish they would have just put it in for you. So Yeah, I was like, oh, shoot. 
there's a door probably what was the code 17 something something and i was like i could pause and look but it's right there and it'll take me like 15 minutes to find this so i'm just gonna right scan it again (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um but once you get through that door you go up an elevator there's another area with an office and there's a data point with elizabeth talking to someone named tilda the deal's off tilda zero dawn got its ectogenic chambers our Zenith needs the Apollo database. There's no reason this incident... You tried to steal Gaia. I had nothing to do with it. And you punished those responsible. Your logic bomb has them scrambling to restore vital systems. I'm really supposed to believe that you knew nothing about this? Please, Liz. Humanity's chances are slim as is. You may not approve of our plan. But what if we're the only ones to survive? Don't you want us to have Apollo to... Remember our common past, our mistakes? I'm begging you. Fine. You'll get your copy of Apollo. Thank you. Let's speak again before. Goodbye, Tilda. Another time will I go. Elizabeth sounded sad at the end. I think this was personal. Indeed. So Tilda clearly works for Far Zenith. And Elizabeth is clearly upset with their attempt to steal Gaia. And I don't think we really heard her this angry, except when she was talking to Ted Farrow the very first time. And she found when she found out about the Farrow plague. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she wants to cancel their deal with Farzenith to give them a copy of Apollo. Because technically speaking, they they got what they needed. They got the chambers for Luthia already. You know, uh, so they don't have to give him a copy of Apollo if they really don't want to until the reasons with her. And she does get Elizabeth to agree with agree to give them a copy anyway. And she's like, oh, we can talk about this again. And Elizabeth like kind of just cuts her off. Right. And, you know, Aloy knows that it sounded personal and silence agrees with that, that it did sound personal because usually don't see Elizabeth so bad getting too emotional about things. And uh, if that's true, then Elizabeth had at least one friend she was close to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, you know, maybe that's why she's so cold now, because this relationship didn't work out. She's like, I had a friend once. (laughs) Once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never doing that again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. So maybe, you know, that's why she is the way she is. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I think we're going to find out more about that a bit later. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, after this. Instead of going forward, I actually went back because I I could see that there was a door that could be opened and I didn't open it. I had to find my way over there. And uh, yeah, this is what kind of took me. It took me like, you know, longer than I should have to get through this facility because I'm trying to figure out how to get up there. I fell in the water a bunch of times. And this is another thing you have to have very specific positioning to to be able to latch on to stuff. Uh, yeah, so that was frustrating. Also, like directly across from that door where that um that last uh audio log was, mm-hmm. there is a door where there's some fire gleam you can see. So I go over there, I spark up the fire gleam, step away from what I felt was far enough, and then boom, it just knocks me right off. <laughs> and I have to swim and go back up the elevator and go back and forth. Yeah, so that was frustrating. No, I didn't. I don't think I I might have gotten the extra doors as I was going through. I did fall in the water once here. This is where I fell in the water, but I wasn't, I don't think, trying to get all the extra stuff. Like, 
I fell in the water more times than I wanted to. And then the, the, the rewards weren't even worth it. I think I got a watch in one. I mean, te- I guess technically speaking, at that point, it was worth it because I was playing on hard and had mm-hmm. so little money and so little resources. But if I was playing on normal, no way. I would have been upset. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been upset. I'm not going to lie. I got to a point in the game. It, it was like mid to end game where I just stopped getting chests because they weren't meaningful and I had so much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it only took me like once I switched difficulties, it only took me like an hour or two to just be balling. Yeah. You know? so like, <laughs> like, you know, that's that's that is a, like I'm telling you, man, going from normal to hard it's like going from like horizon zero dawn to a survival game that's that's what it felt like and there's even a more a harder difficulty on top of that so i don't know if they restrict the resources even more or do they just make you take more damage or do less you know damage to the machines i'm not sure i'll never know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um finally made it to the other gene lock door it opens and once you go inside you see uh, the device called the recluse spider because it looks like a recluse spider. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, there's a terminal nearby where you can activate it, but once you do, you can clearly see it's in bad shape. Like it's having a hard time moving around. I mean, it's been there for like almost a thousand years at this point. I was terrified because I'm like, the only thing I didn't want to fight in this game is gigantic spider machines. I right. hope that like. If this isn't it, like, I hope that I just don't get attacked by spider machines. Like, that's all, that's the only thing I don't want. The I cannot. I mean, spiders are too good of a like a like a like an archetype to ignore. Like, the <sighs> fact that they're not in this game, they have to be in Zero no. Dawn 3. No. And... No. If they have to be and they're probably going to launch smaller little spider nope, things. No, I don't want to hear it. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I just can't imagine them passing on the the opportunity. Maybe they go more dinosaur. But then let's be realistic. A lot of people, people can't tell the difference between dinosaurs at a certain point, you know. Yeah, I just feel like everything's sized almost appropriately in this game. Right. So spiders would not be like that big well i don't think you have do you have anything that crawls on walls but then again you don't have a lot of walls in this game that's the one thing i would think where they would excel is if you had something that could crawl if you had an area where they can crawl on like walls and things like that i just got chills nope i don't need things jumping on me like that nope Yeah, I, I just can't imagine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't imagine them skipping out on that part. If they do, I'm like, good for Christina. Good for Christina. <laughs> they did. But for me, I'm just like, I can't imagine them passing up on that archetype. So, uh, But yeah, so the Recluse Spider has these two circular repositories, one with Gaia backup, one with Hades backups. And the Hades repositories come down immediately, but the Gaia's like that's it's stuck and nothing a little shooting won't fix right you know that's the answer to almost a lot of questions in this uh in both games i'll shoot it (laughs) let's see what happens uh so now i did not go check the hades repository i know you did and i forget what she says like she's like nothing's here right like yeah she's like uh it's empty and i think silence is like we'll go check the other one like get to it right yeah (laughs) So uh, when Aloy does go to check 
the guy repository, she finds not one, but two backups. And I am sure that's not a coincidence, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but, you know, once Aloy gets the data container, she notices that 98% of the memory is free, which doesn't make sense considering how complex Gaia is. And Aloy checks a nearby terminal and finds out that the backup is missing all of its subordinate functions. So Aloy is, like, clearly frustrated because, you know, she's like, oh, this is another dead end. And Silence notes that it's useless without subordinate functions to form a heuristic matrix. And Silence is like, it was a good try. You know, he suggests that saving the world may be too much for one person to do on their own. And he, he did not say it snarkily, right? Like, he didn't say it snarkily. So for a second, I thought he was just trying to be nice. You know, because this is kind of, a, this will be a blow for both of them. Because they both want Gaia, the, the Gaia back up to work. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's going to change here in a, in a few seconds. But yeah, at first it seems sincere, you know, like because they're on the same they like they're kind of on the same page as far as you're concerned. As far as you know, they're on the same page. Uh, but Aoi has an idea that she'll try to retrieve the subordinate functions that escaped when Hades went online, and Silence doesn't really think it's possible. So Aoi searches for the functions, and nothing responds at first. But a few seconds later minerva responds kind of like minerva itself doesn't respond but at least they have a ping of where minerva is and it's actually not that far it is northwest oh sorry it is west of the mountains of plain song so it's not that far from where we are it's only in it only takes one sub function to reboot gaia so the plan is that they get minerva Use it to reboot Gaia, and then once Gaia is awake um, or Gaia is working, she can help find the other subfunctions. That's that's the plan. Great so. plan. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's solid. It's solid. All right. So Aloy is she's pretty pleased with herself. Pretty pleased with her plan. She's like, "Oh, you still don't think I can do this by myself?" And I was like, uh, "Why are you talking like this? This is this is one of those sentences that makes me not like you." <laughs> you know? But she's like, "Still think I can't save the world on my own?" But like. She still has, she, has, she hasn't done anything on her own. Like, she needed Varl to tell her, hey, dummy, let's go to Meridian to try to figure things out. Aaron had yep. to let her out of the gate, which, to be fair, she could have waited 15 minutes and have been out there. But then, like, then silence points her to where she's at now. Everything that she has done has not been on her own. None of it. That is 100% true. When she did go off on her own, she was just getting failure after failure after failure. Like, she was not yep. finding anything. So, you yep. wanted to Even the last game, she didn't do that on her own. Silence. Yep. I was like, she would go into a place. They'd mention something. Oh, yeah, that's over here. <laughs> it was from Silence. Like, oh, we need to um, get into this secure facility. Well, let's take down their, their their network. Here, you need to go here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, The only so. thing she half did on her own was the DLC, but she still needed help from Araya and Aratok. That is very true, yeah. So She's specifically from Araya because Araya yeah. is like, if you want to get into that mountain, you need to do these things so that you can become the chief. So you are 100% correct. She found the area. She went there on her own. That That's the only thing. That's the, like the only time. She's like, let me go to the cut. That's the only thing she did on her own. She didn't even find that on her own because somebody had to tell her about it. That's also true. <laughs> yeah, somebody had to say, hey, somebody, they're talking about some ghost of a machine up there. She's like, ghosts in the machine? <laughs> you know, or whatever, however, with spirits. There we go. It was like spirits. Like spirits in the machine. Let me go investigate this. 
you know, so yeah, but you're you're hundred percent right. I think that's a, just like a common theme. Anytime she thinks that she's doing something on her own, she's not really no. doing it on her own. No. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, but uh yeah, so like I said, that was like short lived because as soon as she kind of says that an alarm starts going off because intruders have uh have entered the facility. So let's hear about that. Silence is already aware and knows who the intruders are. He tells Aloy they want the same thing as her, to reboot Gaia, and that she should open the hatch and join them. He says they are very powerful, but will not hurt her because they will recognize her as Elizabeth Sobek. Aloy promises that after saving the world, she will hunt down Silence and kill him. She then breaks her focus and activates a new spyware-free focus. Aloy believes she is safe because the door is gene-locked, but is surprised when the door begins to open. Four strangers stand at the opening, and to Aloy's surprise, one of them is a clone of Elizabeth Sobek. The other Sobek clone, called Beta, enters and takes the other Gaia backup. She uses the terminal and raises the backup repositories, revealing Aloy. A male stranger has their advanced machines, called Spectres, take Beta away. Contrary to what Silence says, these strangers have no need for Aloy, and the lead male stranger tells another male, Eric, to kill her. Aloy tries to hit Eric with an arrow, but he has a personal shield that is way more advanced than anything she's seen. He is invulnerable to her attacks. Since she is unable to hurt Eric, she damages the recluse spider and eventually makes it fall, which causes the platform to collapse and allows her to escape Eric via the water below. Aloy traverses the flooded tunnels as the Spectres search for her and eventually finds a wall with fire gleam that she is able to ignite. The explosion causes a chain reaction that leads to her platform collapsing, causing Aloy to fall into the water, get spit out of a waterfall, and get beat up underwater due to the strength of the current. A barely conscious Aloy washes up on a beach. She believes she's seeing Rost, but in actuality, it turns out to be Varl she sees before she passes out. So, of course, Silence knows what's going on. Silence is not surprised by this alarm going off, you know. Uh, and he's like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think he tells, he doesn't really say don't worry about it, but he's like, hey, the intruders, they want the same thing that you do. They want to rebuild Gaia, and they're very powerful, but they won't hurt you, um, you know, because they, he says they're going to need her. Because uh, they need a clone of Elizabeth Sobek and says they'll recognize her. So clearly, this is a group that we have not dealt with before, right? Because they mm-hmm. no one else knows who Aloy is. Silence didn't even know who Aloy was. He just knew that she, like, he, when he first saw her, he knew that she looked like Elizabeth Sobek. That's right. all he knew about her. But he didn't know that she, like, who she actually was. So, you know, yeah, like, he... He he knew right like he like and it's funny because you know earlier he was like oh, I can't set a trap for you I haven't made my way inside but technically speaking he didn't set a trap for her uh, you know he but he knew there was a good possi- a good chance that these people were gonna come yeah so my question is because he said that he he made a pulse or whatever like what was the pulse like what what pulse did think- he transmit. I think the pulse was the message at Meridian. I think when that activated, because it sent the coordinates, like it, like it gave that that thing gave her the coordinates. Yeah. So I think that I think that was the pulse. 
Why would he send that to multiple people? That makes no sense. Like, why would he just send it out? Not to multiple people, but he said it was anonymous. Like, he just sent it out. Like, but why? Why would you do that? Well, there he knows that there's only certain people who will be able to even recognize it, right? There's only yeah. certain people who will be able to acknowledge, like, that signal. Uh, I think clearly he wanted them to come, right? He wanted yeah. them to. Well, he was hoping that they would come uh, because for some reason he wants Aloy to converge with them, right? Like he wanted them to cross paths because they want the same thing to be Bill guys. So maybe based on his research or what he, or what he's been doing, he thinks that the best way to get guy rebuilt is for Aloy to work with them. Like, you know, okay. Aloy's by herself, but if they can receive the signal, if they know she's Elizabeth Sobeck, they probably have greater technical uh, capabilities than probably her. Like her greatest technical capability is that she fixed the focus. That she knows how to fix focuses now. Yeah, you she know, can so back up probably, a focus, but she can't back up a <laughs> overrides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's probably like that's maybe that's why he wanted the the two groups. Uh, to cross paths, but it's not like he was just going to send it out and then a whole bunch of people were going to respond to it. He knew only certain people would know. So, uh, yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, just just open the door, like, you know, open the hatch, let them in, you know, don't fight fate on this one. And, uh, yeah, Aloy, she's not too happy. Like She said, you know, first I'm going to save the world, then the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to come and kill you like that's what she <laughs> says to him in in so many words or less and uh you know she actually crushes her focus and activates a new one that she says is spyware free so i mean she knew like so clearly she knew how to get rid of the spyware on silent like that silence had but i think she wanted his help that kind of shows that she wanted his yeah. help she wanted him to be able to contact her because she, if she knew it was spyware free, then she knew the one that she had wasn't spyware free. Yeah. Well, even in the before you enter the Hades Proving Lab, when she's talking to Silence, she goes through, I guess, the the software on the Focus, yeah. and she says, "Oh, I see. I still, I see you're still using the same spyware." Yeah. You know. So she knew. She absolutely knew that he could. That, that that he could uh, contact and I think she wanted that. That makes sense you know? because she tried to reach out to him multiple times. So I think that line was like, I see you're still using the same spyware, which means when I called you, you could have answered. That's what it was. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I guess technically speaking, you know, we've been giving her, you know, uh, gruff for not asking for help, but she <laughs> was asking at least one person for help and he right. was not helping. Yeah. So that's the thing. He wasn't really helping her out. Um, but yeah, so yeah, she actually crushes her focus, activates a new one. Her connection to silence or his connection to her is now gone. So Aboy believes that she's safe because she's the only person that can open the door. Only like, you know, uh, Elizabeth Sobek can open the door, right? Or at least an alpha can open the door. But it turns out that that's not true because the door opens, right? And she hides behind one of the backup repositories. So when the door first opened, I thought, oh, is it like another alpha? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, maybe it's another alpha. But then it says, welcome, Dr. Sobek. And I'm like, okay, never mind. 
somebody they, they found a way to open up the door you know and these people are technically technologically advanced so yeah they're not as, well no sorry the people are technologically advanced but i was overthinking the situation right <laughs> they they have a clone of elizabeth sobeck so when the door opens up there are four people and one of them is another elizabeth sobeck clone and they call her beta so yeah <laughs> but uh she doesn't have a name name her name is beta uh or maybe that's just a cool futuristic name for all, all we know true very true yeah but yeah i think we quickly find out that that is not necessarily true because she is dressed different like she's kind of dressed in like these white rags and these other ones they are dressed in like met gala clothing <laughs> essentially like <laughs> that they, they are that we can see so which you can still barely see at this point, but you can st- just from the silhouette, you can clearly see there's a difference between them. Mm-hmm. So there's also new machines that we haven't seen called Spectres. And these aren't like the Hephaestus Gaia style machines that mimic animals or dinosaurs. Like they look futuristic and they have like this fluid movement. And uh, as you'll find out, very weak to acid. Everything's weak to acid in this game. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> we don't care how futuristic you are. Take this acid. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but, um, when beta comes in, she grabs the other guy back up and she's getting ready to leave. When one of the others asks her, uh, the, 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 the guy that's clearly in charge, like there's a, this beta, but then there's like two guys and then a woman. And he asks her if the pulse originated there, she goes to terminal, check it out. And she's like, uh, I think, I think somebody has been here and she hits a button and boom, the repository is raised and it reveals Aloy. Uh, and immediately the others have beta taken away by the specters and then they come in and we can finally see their faces, but we don't get names. But one of them is Carrie Ann Moss, also known as Trinity from the Matrix or Tiffany. If you've only seen the last one, I was so confused. She hates that name, by the way. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, they, that's not a name that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, it's right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, sense. there were two, I would say there were two big names in this game. One is Carrie Ann, oh, sorry, three. Uh, well, okay. In order, the biggest names. Yeah, so, like, in my opinion, like, going from, like, you know, greatest to least, like, Angela Bassett, Carrie Ann Moss, mm-hmm. and then Lance Riddick. And I love Lance Riddick. I do, I really do like Lance Riddick, but I've never seen that man in a movie. I've never seen it in a movie. As a matter of fact, I can't, I think the last time I actually saw him on TV was like the blacklist, but like the role I remember him most from is Fringe. He did an excellent job on Fringe. Uh, I had to look him up. I'm really bad with names. Oh, Lance Riddick? Yeah. Yeah. He also did a funnier die skit, I think in 2012 called Toys Are Me. I would watch it. It was pretty funny. Hopefully I remember it correctly. It was pretty funny. All toys are me. (laughs) So I think most people recognize him as like Commander Regala. Not Regala. Sorry. Commander Zavala. (laughs) Commander Zavala from Destiny. That's probably his most well-known role in the gamer space. To be honest with you. Yeah. See, that's who I just knew that he was the same voice as that. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I do okay. now, though. I think the only thing I've seen in the list, though, is John Wick. He was in John Wick. I yeah. don't remember him in John Wick. The, oh yeah, I, I've I've seen John Wick, and I don't remember him. Sharon, Sharon, 
Is that the guy that was working the desk? I have no idea. I just said I don't remember him. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... But yeah, that's where we see, even though it was kind of all over the place that Carrie Ann Moss was going to be in the game, which actually kind of ruined it for me a little bit, because when they showed the picture that they released of her, showed her wearing something that you don't, you've never seen in Horizon before. Like, it clearly did not look tribal, right? Yeah, I didn't see that spoiler at all. Yeah, I wish I didn't. It showed up in my Google now. So, there's nothing I can do about it. But, um, yeah, like it showed that showed that she had this like outfit on that does not match what anybody else wears. But also, uh, we can see that they have some type of shield or something around them. Like it's it's transparent, but. You know, you can see like light reflections and stuff like that off of it. So there's something around them as well. So it definitely looks out of place It is the most advanced thing we have seen in the game. Like they are supposed to look highly advanced. They look way more advanced. It, it, it might as well be like us now fighting cavemen, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what it, it, would, it would be like. Um, but uh, yeah, so they start talking to each other about Aloy, but not really acknowledging Aloy. It's like, they're talking around her Like you would like an animal. That's mm-hmm. how they're, they're kind of talking and they put the clues together fast. Like, the woman says, uh, you know, maybe Gaia created her when she blew up as an attempt to repair the system. Bingo. First try. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, so, but the male that was in charge, he does not like it. And he says, I don't want it. And he tells the other male to kill Aloy. And that guy's name is Eric. We know his name is Eric because he calls him Eric with a K, not a C. Yep. Because so. he's future. Because the future. And so. At first, the woman, you know, Carrie Ann Moss, who we're just going to call for now because we don't have her official name. uh, She says that there may be a benefit to keeping her alive. But the first guy says uh, having one is enough trouble. And no. So clearly he's in charge. Right. He is clearly in charge. And so Carrie Ann Moss and the, the other guy leave, leaving Eric behind. And clearly Eric is some type of psycho because he starts talking about how he snaps a lot of neck in VR but it not, it's not quite, quite like the real thing. It's like the eyes or something like that. It's not the same. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Aloy, she tries to hurt him with an arrow, but he has some type of special shield. Like I mentioned, she can't hurt him. And this is our first real boss fight of the game, I would say. Uh, because I don't consider the 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 Slitherfang a boss fight. No. You know? See, it's just like fighting a machine, you know, I this was such a weird experience because in the last game, I feel like we had boss fights. And I think we talked about this before, but like we didn't have like boss fights. And this was like a specific boss fight. Everything else was just like fighting machines and the machines just get larger. So, like you know, like with Horizon Zero Dawn, you every you either fought like a machine for the first time, they make a, a big deal out of it, a powered up version of the machine mm-hmm. or hordes of machines. That's what you do. Like the, the final fight with uh, Hades was just like, you're not even fighting Hades. No. You're just fighting through all the machines so that you can get to Hades and deactivate him. I would consider Helix, a, a, a Helis, a boss fight. I would consider right. him a boss fight. So I would say he was the first, like, what we would call an actual boss fight 
uh, of Horizon Zero Dawn of her of the Horizon series period. Like he would be the first, even yeah. though he did have some assists, but you can kill those guys super easy. I guess also if you want to count that, then the um, Bandit Camp in Frozen Wilds had a boss fight as well. Technically speaking, that is true. That that I totally forgot about that. So that's a boss fight. So this would be like the third boss fight in Horizon period. Yeah, but it's just like you something know. you don't see. So I was like thrown off. I was like, oh, I'm I'm fighting a person. Okay. Right. And technically speaking, I guess you're not even really fighting them because there's nothing you can do except run. Like you have to just dodge the attacks. You know, once you activate one of the terminals. The joints in the recluse spider light up and you can shoot them, but you also still have to dodge Eric's attacks. And, you know, every time you shoot one of the joints, it deactivates the weak spots for a short period of time. And then, you know, after all the joints are destroyed, it shows a few final weak spots. And then once all of the couplings are destroyed, that's when the spider drops and break a hole in the floor. Uh, But, I mean, Eric does talk to you while you're doing this fight and i mean the way he talks it sounds like he wants a challenge but that can't be the case because of the shield that he has if he actually wanted a challenge just take the shield off what i think he wants is for you to try your hardest to beat him and him to absolutely dominate you i think that's what he's looking for i think he's playing with his food basically yeah that's what's that's what's going on here but um you know, like actually right before the spider drops, she's like, hey, if that thing drops, it's not going to kill me. It's only going to kill you. And she's like, well, it's better than letting you do it. So the spider drops. It causes the floor to collapse. Well, actually, the whole platform to collapse. And, you know, Aloy drops him with it. But she lands in the, the water underneath. And Eric, he can't see the body. He thinks she's dead. But he's talking to someone who disagrees with him. He's probably the bald dude that we saw before. And uh, Eric sends the specters to go search for Aloy's body. And, uh, you know, Aloy, she follows the current and tries to find an exit. And there are specters above the water, so you got to be careful where you surface. But at the same time, you can't breathe forever, so you got to come up at some point. You know? They only saw me once in this area, and I think it's an area they were supposed to see. It's like at the end where you just have to just book it. I, at the end? At the beginning is where they saw me. In the very first area, I popped up for air, and they saw me. They started shooting in the water. Oh, And I just went not. down. But at the very end, I don't recall them actually seeing me. They might have, but I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, it's like but, the final sprint to get out of, like, the water area. Right. Well, eventually, she finds, like, a power room that has fire gleam on the wall. And you ignite the fire gleam, but in the, it causes an explosion and it opens up a pathway. But the explosion causes like a wall to crumble, which causes some of the power generators to fall over. And then she gets knocked into the water and spit out of the waterfall. And uh, yeah, that, she gets beat up like when she falls into, the, I guess, the river beneath it. She is still being pulled by the current. And she gets beat up with the current. like She's running in the trees and... All type of stuff, even though she has armor that allows her to get whacked by robot dinosaurs. Right. So, but she can't I'm catch sure her breath. Helpful. She's underwater. Yeah. So she gets knocked around quite a bit, but eventually she does get spit out onto a beach, but she's barely conscious. I just want to say that focus holds on so well. <laughs> like, she just pull it off and like drop it and it like goes onto her head or whatever. 
that current, like she's getting smacked all around and just pulled every which way, and it just stays stays on. Yep, that's that's thing. It's a ferrotech, you know, <laughs> built last. Uh, so, but she sees a figure, and it like she I guess hallucinates seeing Rost, but it's actually really Varl that's there. But she sees Rost, and I'm like. If they found a way to brought Ross and bring Ross back, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm totally okay with it. I am still not convinced that he's dead. So in this point, oh, me I was like, no way. They did it this soon? Like this? Yeah. Yeah, like I think if they did it like this, it would have been wasted because it's yeah. like really out of everybody, Ross shows up. The fact that Varl was there is suspicious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, out of any, like, we got this whole world, and here's Varl just watching you get spit out onto this beach. Yep. You know, and and it's not like he found her in, like, in the morning or something like that. You know, he finds her, like, almost immediately. Now, you could say that he tracked her like he did before, you know, uh, which we're going to have some counterpoints to him tracking her in the next episode. But uh, <laughs> he could have tracked her like he did before. And then, like, he just kind of landed there at the right time. There's a, there's a chance that that happened. But, like, yeah, it's just very, very fortunate. It's one of those things where all the timings had to light up and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, so she tries to tell Varl that she got the guy back up, but she can barely speak. And then she, like, passes out. And, yeah, from there, she wakes up somewhere else. But we're not going to get into that in this episode. We're actually going to talk about that in the, in the next episode. They were going to catch up with Aloy on the other side of her nap and see what Varl has actually been up to. So, um, yeah, so I guess, Christina, what do you, what do you think? How are you feeling? The pacing, the pacing in this game was so weird because I, I felt like the daunt was so slow. And then you get here and you get so much information at one time. You're like, what the heck is going on? Like, just those data logs that you get in in that whole facility like that is its own story you know so you just get so much information fed to you after feeling like you're making no progress for such a long time so i was really i was invested before but i think at this point i was like extra invested because i'm like oh storylines happening let's go (laughs) yeah and i mean a lot does happen including like you know the 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 farthest advanced people we've found in this game so far have been Aloy and Silence. Yeah. And now you have this, this other group of people who are far more advanced. Just their clothing yeah. is far more advanced. And the way they talk, too. And the way they talk. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, because, like, yeah, it was like they knew who Elizabeth Sopic was and they necessarily weren't too happy about it. Like, that's what the guy said. Who the hell, why the hell is a clone of Elizabeth Sobeck here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's exact. I think that's what he says. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened. We're still in the in the questions part of the game because it's just more and more questions. Even though, uh, you know, I guess we did get some closure on Hades and you know things like that to a degree, but still, like we're in a more questions and answers phase of the game. And I mean, honestly, this is a level ten quest, and I don't believe we really start to get information about this group until about level 17 so yeah it takes a bit it takes a bit for us to actually start getting information on the group so yeah i mean at this point i'm just kind of like well actually I, I did i think i mean i don't know i don't know if i said it on the podcast but i 
I, I over talked to you privately about it, but I said I think there might be another Aloy out there, you know, another mm-hmm. clone or something. Because I th- my theory is that Gaia uh, sent the signal to multiple facilities to like to, to increase her chances, but that's not what happened. Like you know, wherever these people, maybe it did happen on Earth. Wherever these people came from, because we don't know where they came from yet. Yeah, that's another thing. We don't know where they came from, so maybe it did happen like that but like if this group was this advanced on earth for this long why didn't they do something like if they're this far advanced why didn't they reclaim the planet and you know stuff like that right you know so like like i said there's there's like like tons of questions that need answers but like i said we're gonna wrap up on uh on this episode here i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh, if you want to follow what's going on with this show and the Matches Buttons Network, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, and we talk about Final Fantasy 14 content. So come hang out with me. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. And uh, sometimes also Twitch on our, uh, also Twitch on our channel. I also stream on our channel. Sometimes twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join the Mashless Buttons community. So please join us at mash.gg slash Discord. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show, about the game. We want to hear your comments and questions. So you can reach out to us on Discord, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or you can just send us an email at contact at mash.gg. Uh, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take your support a bit further, you can do so by going to mtb.gg support. And you can see all the different ways uh, you can support Mash Those Buttons, including Patreon, where we do have uh, a tier starting at about $2 a month for general support. Uh, there's no tier specifically for this show. Uh, we do have a Teespring store at merch.mash.gg. Let me just double check that. I forget. <laughs> I just did that. Uh, let's see. You just updated it? Yeah, I thought I put it into the notes. I thought I did, but I did not. So I'm like, yes, Okay. Uh, we do have Twitch descriptions available at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons and also Humble Bundle affiliate links where you can buy games from the Humble Bundle store and you'll get download codes for your favorite launcher like Steam, Epic Game Store, Uplay, and more. You can also do a one time PayPal donation if you feel. And uh, yeah, I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mashless Buttons. And with that, we're done with this episode. We'll see you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 